Hello and welcome to the Black Arrow's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and aims to keep you on the street and narrow with your staff. My name is Simon Ellison, I'm head of the Black Arrow's Employment Team. This is our Listen and Learn season of podcasts. Welcome to episode one of season five of Employment Lawyer in Your Pocket. Welcome along, Jack Boyle. Hi, Jack. How's it going? Hi, Si. I am very good. Thank you. What about yourself? I'm okay for this rainy day in September. August. We're in September, Jack. September. Released the 6th of September. Sorry. <laughs> What's happened since the last podcast was released, Jack? Well, it's been a busy a busy few months since... What? Yeah, it's been eight months since we were last in the, in the studio. So. Yeah. So you've become accredited. Yep. I've got my stripes. You've been promoted. Yes, I'm now the director. You've won Employment Team of the Year. Me, personally, that's yeah. my, mine. Yep, yeah. and you've done your 10K. Yep, done my 10K, <laughs> Lies, lies, lies. Your five-a-day fruit and bread, veg? It's going well, I've got scurvy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so this season is our Listen and Learn season of podcasts. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell a story about a situation which we've encountered. Now, obviously, we can't disclose the client details um, because that would breach the law society rules. But what we're going to do is talk about the law that relates to the situation, and then we'll give our three takeaway tips. Love it. So one story told week by week. Yep. Sounds like a plan. Okay. This season's podcast involves an employee. Let's call him Bruce. Bruce is a scientist. He's been employed for 19 years with a clean disciplinary record. His job involves dispensing drugs for his employer. One day, Bruce makes an error and mistakenly mixes up the drug dosages. What the deuce? (laughs) This means that the pills which Bruce had prepared or dispensed are toxic. (laughs) What's that? You're toxic. (laughs) Britney Spears. (laughs) Okay. Fortunately, Bruce's employer picks up on the mistake and the pills are not sent out. However, Bruce's employer is very angry about this mistake, and he wants to potentially um, discipline and even dismiss Bruce. Okay, so, pop quiz, hot shot, what do you do? Who's this? Pop pop, pop quiz, what's that? Some (laughs) 70s game show? (laughs) It's a film, Jack. Pop quiz, hot shot, what do you do? Stay on or get off? Stay on or get off? Oh, speed. Yay! Yay! Keanu Reeves. Who's the woman in it? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. That must have been her earlier movie, one of her earliest movies. When she's attractive. Well, she's, <laughs> yeah, back when she was attractive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what should uh, Bruce's employers do? Do you think, Jack? Well, I would have to refer back to season one, episode one, and think about what we were talking about back then. Wow, is that a sign of a podcast plug? Definite plug there, Simon. <laughs> if you've not listened to season one, episode one, then you've the episode's called Pilot. You need to go back and listen to it. <laughs> okay, okay. Is okay. it capability? Is it misconduct? Is it can't work, won't work? Okay. You know, on one view, if it's a case that the person can't work, then that's a situation of capability. On the other hand, if it's a simple case that the person won't work, i.e. it's a willful act, then that's misconduct. Okay. However, listeners also need to remember that gross negligence is an example of gross misconduct as well. Okay. So is it can't work? Is it won't work? Um, In this case, potentially, it might be gross negligence. Um, So in a recent case, which I'm going to refer to, um, called Sandwell and West Birmingham Council against Westwood, um, this case involved a staff nurse 
who worked at the A&E department. Um, during a night shift, she helped another nurse remove a drunk patient who'd been discharged but refused to leave. This patient was left outside by two nurses outside A&E lying on a trolley. Um, the employer dismissed the employee, the staff nurse, on the basis of gross misconduct and the employer in this case sought to rely on gross misconduct as gross negligence. And so then, fast forward six months, the nurse then lodged a claim of unfair dismissal and she was successful. The employment tribunal in this case decided that gross misconduct must comprise of either deliberate wrongdoing or amount to gross negligence. Okay. So in this case, the nurse was obviously not deliberately or willfully wrong. She it was a do mistake, it wasn't it? Yeah, it was a mistake. Okay. But the tribunal ruled that it did not amount to gross negligence. Okay. In this case, the Employment Appeal Tribunal gave some fairly, fairly clear guidance as to when gross negligence can amount to gross misconduct. And I think the EAT gave a four-part test, Jack. Yep, they did. So this basically, here's the, ta- the test. First, gross misconduct must amount to a repudiation of the contract of employment by the employee. Okay. Then secondly, in the absence of a deliberate act, the law requires very considerable negligence, commonly referred to as gross negligence. So very considerable, so it needs to be serious. Okay. Then thirdly, is it possible to make a serious mistake without being uh, grossly negligent? And fourthly, there's not necessarily an equivalence between gross misconduct and a loss of trust and confidence. Okay. So in this case, it requires to be... And the second second point is, in the absence of a deliberate act, um, it requires very considerable negligence, commonly referred to as gross negligence. Yeah. So in this case, the staff nurse won a claim for unfair dismissal, and it didn't yep. amount to gross negligence, what she did. That's right, because... And well, then that's what they're saying there a serious mistake can still um, be okay. You know, not every serious mistake will be gross negligence. So I think the upshot is it's quite a high test. I think it is. We had a case last year, even Jack, where we acted for an, an employer, a bus company, and a bus driver crashed into a bridge. Um, so the story was the bus driver driving along um, under a bridge in Perth. Perth, yeah. And the sign for the bridge said... 13 feet and 3 inches. And that was a warning sign, saying warning 13 sign. feet and 3 inches. So if you're if you're higher than that, use your brain and don't don't go under the bridge. <laughs> and the, bu- the bus driver had a sign within the bus yep. saying the bus is, how tall was it? Bus was 14 foot and 5 inches. Okay, in this case, this driver ploughed through under the bridge, <laughs> despite the fact the bridge was lower than the bus was, um, and then she heard a crash. <laughs> Good, <laughs> a big crash. Um, however, she had the crash and she thought, That's odd, I'll chance it. And she drove on as, four you, do. Five, <laughs> four, as you do, as you do, four or five feet. Um, yeah, and the employer chose to dismiss on the basis of gross negligence. Bus, it must have been a fairly comical scene. The bus was actually <laughs> stuck, wedged under the bridge. I know, I think it made the press that. That's bust, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, not a laughing matter, of course. No. Very serious incident. In any case, um, the bus driver was dismissed on the basis of gross negligence and she raised a claim against our clients, the employers, for unfair dismissal. Yeah. Can you think of any other circumstances, Simon, that might amount to gross negligence? Um, well, we had a trainee once. Remember this trainee? 
Yeah. The raid with this train. Describe, really... Describe them to me. <laughs> he was really kind of really toady. You know what I mean? Toady. <laughs> what does toady like, mean? Yes, sir. No, sir. Three uh, bags full, sir. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yes, Mr. Allison, cup of tea, sir. <laughs> that wasn't me. It wasn't me. This <laughs> in any case, he um, got a nice kind of high-profile celebrity client. Yeah. This trainee, with his partner, drafted a will for his client. Okay. And then sent the will to this client, or so he thought. Yeah. But unfortunately, the punchline was... What's the punchline, Jack? Punchline was, did he not send it to the wrong address or something <laughs> like that? And then the letter came back to the yep. office. Yep, yep. Having been handed in by the person who actually received it. Yes. And was that an issue of gross negligence, do you think, Jack? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the guy was a trainee at the time, so you need to cut him some slack. I think apprentices in generally in the law are protected. <laughs> Professional misconduct? Probably. SLCC? <laughs> strike him off before he's even got his stripes. <laughs> in any case, um, the bus driver, the employer, that was amounting to gross negligence, wasn't it, Jack? Yeah, that was one where we managed to win that case. So the judge said, actually, because the bus driver heard the sound of the bus climbing with the bridge, yeah. And then drove on four or five feet. Mm -hmm. That did amount to gross negligence. We won, we won that case, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, definitely. So it was, it was um, to quote from that case, it was considerable negligence. Yeah, okay. okay. And because the person had saw the signs and thought, will I get under that? I'm just going to chance it. And then heard the crunching sound and yeah. thought, oh, well, I'll be all right. I'll just keep driving. Yes. That put it in the sufficiently serious category. Yeah. yeah. So it was gross negligence. Okay, so back to Bruce's case, Jack. Um, in Bruce's case, he mixes up the dosages of drugs and does that, in your view, amount to gross misconduct, i.e. gross negligence? What do you think, Jack? Hmm. Interesting one. Well, I suppose it depends because I would, I suspect, unless he's a real deviant, I suspect that Bruce <laughs> did not willfully make this error. No, um, it was an error, wasn't it, on his part? It was a mistake and um, it appears to have been an oversight. Is Bruce guilty of gross negligence? Well... Perhaps then a reference should be made to the General Pharmaceutical Council. Okay. Is Bruce a pharmacist or is he a pharmacy technician? Who knows? Who knows? But if so, he, he needs to be registered with the GPM. Like yeah. that, GPM. <laughs> nice. Does nice. this amount to gross negligence? Potentially. Yeah. It's a high bar to go over, isn't it? It's a high view. bar, yeah. There was one case where the judge um, made an analogy to a, a pilot who... Okay. Who... Um, Forgot to switch a switch before taking off the plane. And then Sounds serious. And then crashed the plane. Oh, nice. And even though that wouldn't be a willful act. Yeah, that was so serious. So serious, it would be grossly negligent. Okay. Um, so, um, what are our three takeaway tips, Jack, for this podcast? Tip number one. Well, I think the first tip would be that um, make sure and include gross negligence within your staff handbook when you've got a list of examples of gross misconduct. Yeah. And that then makes the policy clear and, and saves the employer having to argue about, well, it's not in the policy, so it's, yeah. it's not a fair ground for dismissal. And also make sure examples of gross mis misconduct include not exhaustive. Again, it's lots of clients yep. who have um, policies saying this examples of gross misconduct, they don't say this list is not exhaustive. Exactly. Okay. Tip number two. If the employee is guilty of deliberate wrongdoing, make that finding clear in the letter of dismissal. Um, you know, in the event of a finding of gross negligence, again, check that you can satisfy the tribunal with this. Yeah, we often see letters, don't we, from employers 
to employees saying you're dismissed with no reasoning as to why the person's been dismissed. So again, it's important to make sure the reasoning is clear in the letter of dismissal. Exactly. So if you're going to say it's a willful act, misconduct, or if you're saying it's a very, very, very serious mistake, it's gross negligence. Yeah, okay, okay. And tip number three, Jack? And the third tip comes back from the Sandwell case, and that's probably just to avoid labelling very serious issues as that, the old blanket uh, loss of trust and confidence, oh, yeah, which many employers do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the third tip. That's the third tip. So those are our tips. I think that uh, takes Tip four? Tip don't four. be that trainee. Tip four, uh, don't eat yellow snow. (laughs) Okay, okay. So that concludes that. Cheers and cheerio. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. Nice. Go on, you know you want to. Press that little button that says subscribe. (laughs) Come on, please treat yourself. (laughs) Okay, okay. And if you can spare 20 seconds, then please do give us a review on iTunes. It's great for our search visibility, helps other people learn about the podcast and also gives us your valuable feedback. Does that include that? That concludes that, Simon. Okay, cheers and cheerio. Cheers, cheerio. Next time on Employment Lawyer In Your Pocket. So Bruce's employers choose to do nothing with him on the basis of his early admission, his reflection and his remorse. However, the following week, an anonymous complaint is received by his employers. The complaint is alleged to have been received by Bruce's colleagues. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. (laughs)